everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. This is a big episode, Corey. It's episode number 20. <gasps> we, that is exciting. <laughs> it's it's not that big of a milestone, but for us, you know, 20 episodes in, it, it just, it doesn't feel like it's already been 20 episodes to me. Um, we've been doing this for uh, 20 weeks when you look at it that way, and that's the kind of crazy thing, because that means there's been 20 weeks in 2017 already, and that's pretty crazy. Um, we are, uh, well, I am John Burke, and you already heard, but this is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. We are here this week to discuss Alien Resurrection from 1997, a movie that came out exactly, well, not exactly, but 20 years ago, and since Alien Covenant came out in theaters this past weekend, or this weekend, um, we felt it the perfect choice, um, almost fate, that we cut, we both watched this movie for the first time uh, in, in preparation for Covenant, um, which, at this point, I have already seen. Um, have you seen Alien Covenant, Corey? No, not yet. Um, I was hoping to see it in IMAX, and I know it's coming out in IMAX, but for some reason it's not coming to my theater, so I'm a little pissed about that but um i'll probably check it out next week and then if it does come in imax i'll just see it again well Corey is a fan of prometheus um i had mixed feelings uh i'd only watched it once and i didn't remember enjoying it but i was also i don't remember hating it but i've heard so many people hate on the movie i think it's definitely uh it skewed my perspective i couldn't really remember much and so i decided to watch prometheus earlier this week and um, I do, uh, there's definitely some enjoyable elements, Michael Fassbender being probably the strongest of Prometheus, but there's a lot of plot issues to me um, that I just thought were really dumb. And my, I did write a review, and it's up on BurkeReviews.com, um, and I kind of go into a, a bit of detail about some of my issues with the writing. Mainly, I just feel like the characters in the movie um, are, are so weird with their motivations. Like, when everyone comes out of cryosleep, everybody's just mad for no clear reason. Um, and that, that's maddening to me. Cause I'm like, Hey guy, you took a job and you were put to sleep for two years without meeting anybody beforehand. And then when you wake up and you find out that the job isn't what you want it to be and the people who are in charge are maybe a little different point of view than you are, you're mad at them. It's like you, you signed up for this jerk. And that was like, one of my biggest issues with the movie, that whole sequence when they wake up and then they're in like the the gym having their group meeting feels so fake and so contrived. And that's not gone in Covenant either. Um, not that exact scene, thank goodness. But there is still some, some elements that don't feel like they're thoroughly um, fleshed out. And I did find one of my big issues with uh, Prometheus, I think at least, um, there are two writers on Prometheus. One I am a fan of and one... Uh, he made, I think, the worst movie, or he wrote the worst movie of last year. Um, so I want to bring those two names up. Dave, uh, Damon, wait, it's not Damon, is it? Uh, Damon Lindelof, who uh, is involved with Lost and The Leftovers, is con- uh, accredited with writing. But John Spathis, Space, I don't know how to say his name. It's a weird, S-P-A-I-H-T-S. So Spast, I don't know. Um, he wrote... Uh, he's from what I understand, he wrote the original script, and David Lindelof was brought in to like edit it. But this guy, oh wow! Well, now I have to take back something I was about to say, because he wrote oh. what I think to be one of the worst movies of last year. But he also wrote one of the ones that I really like from last year, and now I'm so confused. Um, he Range. wrote <laughs> he, he wrote Passengers, 
which I think oh. is the worst movie of 2016 by far, especially just on script. Like, it's pretty, and the actors, I guess, do a fine job for what they're supposed to be doing, but the script is just so dumb. But then he wrote Doctor Strange, and I love Doctor Strange. So I am now very confused um, and a little concerned because he also wrote The Mummy, and I have that on my fantasy list for this year. So a um, little concerned now, but... Um, and he wrote The Darkest Hour, which is a older horror film. Those are his only credits right now. But yeah, I don't. I th- I think Passengers was absolutely awful. And while Prometheus is, has enjoyable moments, there's there is some bad stuff into the character development and even the the story making sense. Like there's some good stuff, but then there's a lot of bad stuff. So, um, Corey, I've spoke a lot about Prometheus, <laughs> uh, but. You're a fan, and I, my you mainly like Fastbender in that movie, right? I love Fastbender. Um, I do like a lot about the film, though. Um, I feel like it's very. I did see it in theaters, and I felt like it was very attention grabbing. Like I, I, I've watched it so many times since then too. Um, I feel like though, and we've kind of spoken about this because I went through and I was rewatching the whole. Um, all of the films yeah. to get ready for Covenant. And I hadn't seen Alien in so long, so long, that I didn't realize so many things in Prometheus seem like a play-by-play of Alien. Yeah, like, the, they repeat a lot of beats. Um, and they, they, again, not to spoil anything from Covenant, but some of those those uh, beats of the Alien movie show up in Covenant as well. Um, and, I mean, it's part of the franchise, I guess. It's like almost these expected moments. Um, and I didn't notice that the first time I saw Prometheus as much as I did the other day. Um, and there was some weird, like, th- there's, uh, Prometheus has a new approach to a religious, um, uh, ideology that's missing from the other alien films. And I don't know if missing is the right word. It's not in the other alien films, um, as much. I mean, there's a little bit of religious iconography, but not like Prometheus is blatantly, that's what they're there for. They're looking for the existential question of, why are we here? And that's why they go looking for the engineers. And um, that, of course, brings in a lot of ramifications, although it doesn't really ever feel like it gets completely fleshed out. And also, I don't feel like they ever... Do they ever really say why they're trying to wipe out the human race? The the engineers know. We get nothing in the screenplay... Or, I'm sorry, in the, the final product of the film. There is a rough cut where the alien... Uh, the engineer does speak... Um, Man, I don't know if I said the right thing. There is a uh, deleted scene that's included with the digital copy that I own, and so I assume it's on the Blu-ray and stuff too, where the engineer does speak and David translates, and um, Wyland and him have more of a conversation than that scene when he stands up. But it's still minimal, and he doesn't really give up much information. But um, that uh, that religious type I- I- ideas doesn't ever fully develop, and there are some things in. Um, Covenant that's the same where they introduce these topics but that's really all they do is introduce them they don't really dive into them they feel very superficial and kind of forced into the film and I think that is often a detriment um, you know especially if the film's like a two hour movie and it feels long um, those are the type of things that you can trim out and and speed up the film if it's not pertinent to the story then it doesn't need to be um, now a character should have character traits that will ju- like guide their actions but again, that's an issue with both Prometheus and Covenant. These characters are given traits that just seem superficial and have no real impact on the way they make decisions. It may have been like they were going to, and maybe in a longer version of this, the movie, which would be bad, um, maybe they would have, but they don't. And again, that's 
an issue if you're if you can't just have these um again there are reasons to do that in writing maybe a red herring you want to throw somebody off but that's not again these things legitimately feel like they're just there they don't serve any purpose other than to be introduced as maybe get people thinking but it doesn't go anywhere from there and that's disappointing um especially when you do have a movie like alien that is so well made um that's that's the uh linchpin of this franchise and uh prometheus i i don't like a lot um i did like covenant covenant was much more um engaging and felt more like an alien movie because i generally do care uh, i do like these alien films for the most part um i did watch the first second and third a few years back um like r rapidly close together like within a week and a half i'd watched all three I've never made it to the fourth one, and it was mainly because I'd heard so many uh, criticisms about the fourth one. So I just kind of you know, faded off of it, and I'd seen Alien vs. Predator, and I think I'd seen most of Requiem, um, uh, AVP Requiem, and I was kind of done. And I saw Prometheus, and I was just like, alright, I'm good. Um, but today, we will be getting into our review of Resurrection, but first, um, Corey, you've watched the whole quadrilogy in the last week? Plus Prometheus, yes. not Prometheus oh, okay. yet. What are your uh, What are your thoughts going back through the franchise? Um, does it? Hold I feel up? like I kind of need to withhold some comments about that, but um, before spoiling for it all, yeah, I really enjoyed one and two. I felt like three was still pretty good, but I don't know. And we also kind of discussed this too that I felt like there was some disconnect between two and three, mm -hmm. just like small things that are kind of just cosmetic, but it still kind of bothered me. Like, Newt, I swear she was, like, eight and two. And I understand that they were in um, stasis. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she wasn't in stasis for four or five years. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember three enough. I really do need to rewatch... Uh, honestly, I need to rewatch two and three. Um, one I taught earlier this year, and so I watched it a couple times and had to get really deep into it to teach it, so... Um, I feel very comfortable with the first film. The second one I've seen, and I've definitely watched like a couple of times throughout my life, but it's been a while since I've watched it. Three I've seen only once. Um, it is a David Fincher film, and I am a fan of David Fincher. Uh, but do you know if the version you watched is the director's cut or the original theatrical cut? Ooh, I'm not sure. I have the Quadrilogy DVD. I mean, we could probably find out which one's on there, or if you have both even, but... Um, I've heard the director's cut. I've heard mixed things. I've heard some people say you got to watch the director's cut. And I've heard other people say you got to watch the original cut. Um, but my understanding was that uh, uh, David Fincher had issues uh, with the studio. And so his version of the film was not what was released. And that's the one that's mostly hated. And then his version is supposed to fix some of the complaints that people had with the, the theatrical release. But I don't know if that's true i was definitely not involved in that conversation when it was happening so i don't i don't have any like inside information or anything like that but that's been my understanding of that film and so i need to rewatch it because i i didn't hate it when i watched it i didn't love it but it i i still felt like it was a pretty strong film just mm -hmm. not as i mean the first one obviously is i feel like the best one well and that's the thing when you look at alien and we are going to get into our trailers guys so I'm, you know but we're this is a big franchise and it's very relevant in my head right now as i've been i stayed up way too late uh in order to watch covenant last night like i went to a 10:30 show um <laughs> that in a, in a theater that's 30 minutes from my house so i got home at like one and then had to get up at six to go to work today 
luckily my justification was um my seniors oh see like oh that's the wrong movie um my seniors are gone which was really sad because my third period has like 10 people in it right now because 15 of them were seniors so i had 25 now i'm down to 10 and it was a very empty classroom with only 10 people in it but i had a full sale university at my classroom today talking to my students about their college and their programs and that was for the first half of the day the second half of the day we had a field day because the seniors are gone and this is like you know, everybody celebrate that you guys are now the head of the school, juniors, and that kind of thing. Um, but Alien 3 actually has the lowest Metacritic score of the four, um, the four originals. It's sitting at a 59, which is still not horrible, mind you. Like, that's not a bad score. It's not a great score. But, you know, technically, if we're looking at it as a school, it's failing. But if you're looking at it Metacritic, <laughs> 56 is, is reasonable. Again, not good, not horrible. And then um, you have... Resurrection's actually got a higher Metacritic rating, which is shocking to me. It's at a 63, which obviously I guess is not so shocking since I said it was the worst. But um, so it's just above an F. And uh, then Aliens sitting at 83 and Aliens. Um, I'm trying to pull that one up. Where is it? Come on. There's so many Alien movies. Aliens. There it is. I'm guessing is the highest rated. 87. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So highest rated. Um, you know, and it, it it's. I think it adds. A little bit more to the film. I do prefer Alien over Aliens, um, mainly because I really like the suspense that the first film builds. The second one, while there's still suspense, it's definitely more of an action movie to me. Um, but I still love it. Like it's it's one of the few James Cameron movies I will say I love um, without any hesitation. So let's pause on the Alien talk and let's get into our trailers for next week, which is unusual because usually I'm giving a one date and saying trailers for movies coming out on this date. But because summertime is here, we're going to start getting some Wednesday releases, and Baywatch is one of them. Uh, Baywatch is currently scheduled to come out on Wednesday, May 24th, with Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Dead Man Tell No Tales, going for one of the longer film titles, um, comes out on the 26th, the Friday. So we'll start with Baywatch. You watch the trailer, Corey? Yes. What are your thoughts on Baywatch? It looks like it might actually be pretty funny, but you guys know I don't really watch a lot of comedies. Which, I, you know, I get that. Um, I used to almost exclusively watch comedies um, because, I, again, I like movies to make me feel good, and comedies can do that. Um, I still like them a lot. I don't actively seek out comedies, although I did go watch Snatch last weekend. Um, my review is up on Burke Reviews. I'll just let you read that. But um, Baywatch does look funny to me. Um, did you ever watch the show? Um, I did catch some episodes when I was a kid, but I was not ever a fan. Um, I don't remember if I watched it before I watched Friends, like, because the friend, you know, Chandler and Joey, that's an ongoing thing for them. They watch Baywatch together. It's their thing. And I can't remember if I started watching Baywatch because I was into Friends or if I watched Baywatch and then I liked Friends because, hey, they watch Baywatch. I don't remember for sure the order in which I watched them. But wasn't Baywatch a drama, the show? I remember it being more oh, dramatic. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it was an hour. Mo- I mean, traditionally, especially in old school TV time, uh, an hour long show was almost always a drama. Um, and Baywatch definitely is listed as a drama. The uh, the original, not the show. The movie is not. The movie is a comedy, which I, they're doing the 21 Jump Street uh, treatment to it. So you're getting the comedic version of it. Um Stars, if you haven't seen the trailer somehow, Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Zac Efron, and Alexia Daddario um, uh, is it's the stars. Um, the Rock looks 
you know, like The Rock. So it, there's potential there as he generally brings a good sense of humor about him. Uh, Zach Efron, I don't know. Um, did you ever see Neighbors or uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates? Um, no. Dirty Grandpa. Um, I'm trying to think of his okay. other not dramatic roles or not like high school teeny bopper movies. Um, 17 again wasn't horrible. Did you see that one? That one actually has uh, Chandler in it. No, there was one that I was wanting to see with him in it a few years ago, but then I didn't. Was it a comedy or was it one of his more dramatic things? Because he had like Charlie St. Cloud. I think it's dramatic. Yeah, he's done Paperboy. Paperboy with Nicole Kidman, right? Um, I'm pretty sure that's the one with Nicole and Kidman. McConaughey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've only seen part of that one. That one's weird. I, I, I had a hard time getting through it. Um, it, it's, it's there's some creepy like older lady having sex with younger kid type stuff going into it. Um, but uh. He's he's hit or miss for me. I didn't like Neighbors 2 that much. Neighbors was funny at times, although I actually thought Dave Franco was the funnier part of Neighbors, um, compared to him, at least. And then Matt and, Mike and Dave, or Matt and Dave Need Wedding Dates, I just watched recently, and um, I don't know. It wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Uh, it had moments, but um, you know, I like a lot of the cast in that movie, and they didn't, they didn't really do it for me. Um, so I'm a little apprehensive with him being the, the co-lead, um, but I'm hoping that The Rock can kind of, you know, bring it up. And, um, Alexia Daddario, which I'm not, I'm sure I'm saying her name wrong, Dad Dario. Um, I mean, it's not Alexia, it's Alexandra, my bad. Um, she was in the Percy Jackson movies, which I taught those books, and I'm a big fan of that, uh, Rick Riordan's, uh, his take on a Harry Potter type universe, except using Greek mythology as his foundation. Um, and the movies are awful, just atrocious. And I don't blame her. It's a bad adaptation from the books. Like anyone who's read the books knows that the movie just does not do it um, any kind of justice. And she was in True Detective, though, uh, season one. She was Woody Harrelson's um, fling, not his wife, but the girl he was having an affair with. Um, and I, I don't, I think she was good in that. I don't particularly remember her being out. I mean, she was with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, which is what I remember when I think of True Detective. Um, did you ever get around to True Detective, Corey? Yeah, I've seen both season one and season two. Ah. I'm echoing so bad. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Hold on. Okay. Um, just try that. Uh, oh, that's not gonna do anything. <laughs> Hello. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I'm trying. I think I got no. rid of the video. No, there's no echo. Okay. Yeah, I got rid of the video. Um, sorry, everybody. Uh, but um, ultimately, I am going to see Baywatch. I hope it's entertaining. Um. If it makes me laugh, because I gotta say, Chips I saw earlier this year, and I it was it's stupid, it's an awful movie, but I had a good time watching it, and um, that's to me kind of more important. I don't expect this movie to change my life or to be revolutionary or anything like that. Or I'm not gonna be like I'm not gonna walk out of Baywatch being I need to be a lifeguard. I'm inspired. Like I'm just yeah. going to to laugh. If I laugh and have a good time watching it, then I'll be happy. So um, moving into our other movie for next week um unless Corey, you have anything to add about baywatch no yeah and i, I assume you're probably not going to go see it because you're not a big fan of comedies i'm not so let's go to <laughs> um pirates of the caribbean dead men tell no tales um what are you thinking Corey? okay i was as i was rewatching one of the trailers today um i was thinking that am i crazy or is this a much bigger advertising budget than they've had for a while because I feel like no matter what movie I've gone to see lately, just about every single one of them has a Pirates <laughs> trailer before it. Yeah, every um, one of them. 
Yeah, I feel like it's just nuts. This one looks better than the last, what is this? I know I say 27 kind of being funny, but um, is this the fifth one? This is the fifth one, yep. Uh, you have the okay. original trilogy and then this kind of standalone number four. Um, that this one is supposed to be, my understanding is this one's starting a new trilogy. Um, Ew. And so for some reason there's just this random fourth one uh, It's like, hey, everybody, do you remember us? No? Okay, this never happened. We're coming back with a new trilogy. All right. Oh, no. Because um, um, I was wondering if I, because this one looks better to me than that one did. I had no desire to see it. I'm pretty sure I saw the first three, though. Um, but uh, still don't <laughs> think it's going to be life-changing. Now, though, you have some stake invested in this one, do you not? I do. Everybody go see this movie. Never mind what I said. <laughs> I think I chose it. I don't even know what I chose anymore. I got I to gotta tell you, I saw a very scary headline about our, uh, if you're not listening to both of our podcasts, our top five movies, we sure. did um, a summer fantasy draft and uh, Mike stole with, he had the first pick and so he got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So he's got a lot of points right now where we have very little. My movies have not even come out yet. Corey had King Arthur come out and if you've been paying attention, that movie has failed uh, horribly, and so that movie will basically get Corey under 100 points, where Mike is sitting over 400 and something points right now. Um, and from what I saw before we started this podcast, Alien is beating Guardians for this weekend already, and he has Alien. So. You know, he just took all my movies. I was a little mad about it. I yeah. was a little mad about it. Um, so he's going to be off to a pretty solid start. But his later list is kind of rough because he has two August movies, um, Dark Tower, which could be a surprise hit, and he has Annabelle 2, which probably won't make a whole lot of money. So he really is relying on these two films being his uh, heavy hitters. I am not remembering what his third film is, though. Um, is it Baywatch? Mm, no, ba uh, Alien was his third movie. I can't remember what his second movie was. I'm I glad I stole Dunkirk, though. Yeah, yeah, you did get Dunkirk. Um, I am waiting on June. Uh, Wonder Woman is my first movie, um, and that comes out in two Fridays. So, But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Pirates of the Caribbean, I will be going to see it with very, 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 very much apprehension as I, I don't want to see it per se. I did skip the fourth one completely. Um, I think I even, I may have stole that from, you remember when Blockbuster was doing like the mail discs? Like like the Netflix. I loved that service. Um, I had it, and I think it ended, and I still had the disc for Pirates, uh, the Stranger Tides. Is that what it's called? Um, and I've never watched it. I'm not sure where it is at the moment, but I'm pretty sure I still have that. So, uh, oh no! But, um, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to it. I don't know if I need to know what happened in the fourth one to see it. I'm not gonna That's watch what it. I was wondering, am I gonna be lost? Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it anyways. Um, because I don't care enough. Uh. I got to say, though, I did like the first three, um, and I'm a lot of people hate the third one. I didn't hate the third one at all. Um, I liked uh, Bill Nye as Davy Jones. I like um, whoever plays Captain Barbosa. I don't remember his name, but I like him a lot. And Jack Sparrow is probably one of my favorite Johnny Depp characters, although I will admit that every character after Jack Sparrow has been kind of Jack Sparrow. You know, like Mad Hatter's got a Jack Sparrow vibe to him. Um Mordecai looked like, you know, British Jack Sparrow. I didn't see Mordecai, but the, from the trailer, like he just can't get out of this role. Even in his uh, Tusk and um, Yoga Hoser character that he is with for Kevin Smith, he has this over the top character performance. And it's just like, dude, 
where you chill out with these big characters. But I don't know. Maybe him as Jack is just the right fit. Um, maybe Jack will be still entertaining. He generally makes me laugh. Uh, I did see a really long extended, like, it was more of a commercial than it was a trailer. It was like a turn your phone off thing before the movie started last night where it was like several clips from the movie where he would end on a line and then they would have like text pop up on the screen and in the end the phone rings and he's staring at the monkey and the monkey's staring at him and the, like as if the monkey's phone is ringing. And I was like, oh man, wow. <laughs> They're really wanting to promote the heck out of this movie that that's my reminder to turn my phone off. It's Sinepolis. Um But yeah, uh, I'll be seeing it. Um, we, You know, that's what's coming out next week, Baywatch and Pirates. There's going to be lots of movies coming out soon. June is about here, and we will have tons of summer movies coming out. Uh, it is a somewhat lackluster summer, but there's several films that I am looking forward to, including Spider-Man Homecoming in July, Baby Driver in er- late June, and um, Dunkirk in, I think, also July, but I can't remember for sure when Dunkirk is. But um, Ooh, I cannot wait to see that. Let's uh, get into our um, review of... Oh, I guess before we get into our review of Alien Resurrection, Corey wants to talk about some uh, TV news, something we don't always cover, but why not? Yes. What, what's um, well, because this is really related to a movie that I like a lot, The Dark Crystal by Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. Netflix has picked up a prequel series of 10 episodes. They haven't released a lot about it, but I believe that it's Jim Henson's daughter is working with Netflix on it. Oh, and they've okay. released like a 55 second trailer on it too. So it looks pretty rad. Nice. Now, of course, there's always a concern when you when there's nostalgic properties being brought back to modern day is that they can destroy that nostalgia that you have for the product, right? Yes, and I'm nervous about that. And of course, that's uh, from what I saw, several people are talking about it. It's it's it made a lot of news. Um a lot of people on Twitter were were just mentioning it and and expressing concern like please don't ruin Dark Crystal. Um, including Mikey Newman, who does movies with Mikey that I'm a big fan of on YouTube. Um, he was concerned about the Netflix show. But to be fair, Netflix hasn't done too many bad series. Um, most of what they've done show-wise has been pretty great. Uh, the one exception that I can think of has been Iron Fist. It's the only one that I've heard critical um, disdain for. Most Mostly their shows get critical acclaim, um, and Iron Fist did not. So Netflix track record, you should be hopeful. All right. Well, I haven't seen Dark Crystal in a long time, although I did buy a really cool collector's edition last year. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll rewatch and then jump in on the show uh, when it comes out. But let's get into our movie of the week um, and one, hopefully, that you guys watched, uh, Alien Resurrection. Um, but first. But first. Spoiler warning. We're probably going to ruin this movie for you. So if you haven't watched it yet and you want to watch it, you can go to that and come back to this. To be honest, full steam ahead. Um, I got to tell you, to be honest, listeners, if you didn't watch it, um, I would say just listen to this and maybe save yourself some time. <laughs> um, and that's not to say it, it, it has moments, you know, it, it definitely depends on what you're looking for for uh, the film. And I think Alien um, set the bar so high and Aliens only raised the bar um, as far as like what you can expect. Like these, the tone of those films are so grounded and yes there's this scary horrific monster and that's not grounded but it's sci-fi grounded like it never feels silly or crazy even when bill paxton's shouting game over man game over it never feels um you know goofy to me it always feels very serious what's that 
like it never feels like it's too much. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, and uh, Alien Resurrection uh, does not feel that way. It it always feels a bit uh, campy and very goofy. And of course, I didn't know this, and I'd never heard this mentioned, at least not to my my recollection. That Alien Resurrection is uh, one. It's directed by a guy's name who I'm going to butcher, uh, or maybe not, Jean Pierre Junet. I'm guessing since it's French, um, who also directed Delicatessen and um, uh, Amelie. I almost said that wrong. Um, which I love Amelie, and you love Delicatessen. A lot. So he's obviously a talented director. Um, especially like, Amelie is so amazing. Like I, I have been wanting to rewatch that movie because there's so much awesome stuff in that film. And um, then it's written by a, a writer who I am generally a fan of, Joss Whedon. You know, Joss Whedon, if you're not familiar, he wrote the Buffy the Vampire TV series. He wrote the Angel TV series. He wrote Firefly and Serenity um, and directed several of those episodes and, uh, and Serenity, I'm pretty sure. He wrote uh, the first Avengers film and directed Avengers. He controlled the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Avengers to make sure everything would kind of flow into the movie. And then did Avengers Age of Ultron, which was mixed reviews as far as that movie goes compared to the first one especially so when i saw his name pop up at the beginning of this movie i was shocked i was like really i've never heard reference to him being involved with this property um and all i can remember is this property being bashed like that alien resurrection is one of the worst movies but it has a 63 on metacritic and um but to be fair when i'm looking at like the individual scores uh, roger ebert gave it a 38 um and he's a, a you know a respected critic. When it, I'm looking at the rest of these people, I don't know them. It doesn't mean anything. I don't know a whole lot of critics, but obviously uh, Roger Ebert is a big name, and he hated it. So maybe that's one of the reasons why I've heard so much negativity. But it has the 63, which is again, it's not a great score, but it's not a bad score. Um, it's in the green. Uh, if, if you're following Metacritic's green, red, and, uh, green, yellow, and red stoplight type, um, you know, go come with caution or stop. Um, it's got, it's green and I wouldn't put it there by any means. Um, I don't know. Uh, how did, how did you feel about it, Corey? Okay. So I feel like the first three have a really great atmosphere. And then this one was exactly like you said, it's very campy. The humor was not good. It was very out of place. A lot of their dialogue was awkward. Oh. <laughs> you having a hard time coming up with words, Corey? <laughs> yes. Um, I gotta say, uh, one, let's talk about some of the cast real quick. In fact, I need to read some IMDb stuff, because I haven't given much other facts other than writed, written by Joss Whedon, write, by, um, directed by Jean-Pierre Junet, uh, stars, of course, Sigourney Weaver, which is the lead playing Ripley in the first four Alien films. Um, we have Call, Winona Ryder, um, Dominique Pinion as as I, I think they say Reese, but it says Reese with a V. Um, we have Ron Perlman as Johnner, and then a few other people who are somewhat familiar to me, but mainly I want to point out Dan Hadaya, uh, who I think was one of the most ridiculous parts of that movie. Um, in fact, the second I saw him, uh, he plays General Perez. Um, who runs the place where Ripley is being held. Um, it's not technically a prison. It's some kind of medical like facility in space. Um, he, he just feels 
so silly um, in most movies that I remember him being in. He, I can never really take him seriously. And in this movie in particular, there's some really, really bad moments with him, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, Corey is a huge fan of Winona Ryder. And so uh, what did you think of Winona in this movie, Corey? Once we find out that she is a droid, uh, a droid, I was going to say. Okay, I love Winona Ryder a lot. She is definitely my favorite actress probably of all time. Um, I don't feel like she either made her, you know, it was a make or break kind of role for the movie, I guess. I liked once we found out that she was, um, what do they refer to them as in these movies? Not droids, Synth- not robots. Uh, synthetics. Synthetics, okay. Um, and after I we kind of found out, it kind of a couple of things kind of made more sense. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, I knew actually one of the rare times I actually looked at spoilers before I watched this movie. Oh um, wow! Yeah, but it wasn't on purpose. I don't know if you know this about um, the Alien films. Um, I I caught this. I have a. I'm really good with patterns. I tend to notice patterns. Um, when they're there, especially. Um, and when I was watching the alien movies, I picked up on a pattern pretty quickly. Um, in Alien, you have a synthetic who is um, a traitor. Please remember, we've given a spoiler warning, but we're going to spoil all f- all of the Alien franchise except for Covenant in this podcast, um, potentially, because I want to talk about things from the other movies. Um, alien, uh, there's a synthetic who does betray everybody, and his name is Ash, right? Hmm. What's the synthetic from uh, Aliens? Bishop, and I loved him. Yep, so we have Bishop. And then, but he wasn't a traitor. No, he wasn't. It's not until the third movie that Bishop Two comes back, which apparently is not a synthetic, which is really weird for the Prometheus universe, by the way, because that implies that the synthetics are based on actual people. But that is not to be. That is not what is implied in the Prometheus versions of the film. It's, I, I'm really curious if Prometheus is supposed to be retconning the uh, the franchise, like if they're almost saying like certain mo- movies never happened. But so. Oh. Um, Bishop 2 shows up in Alien uh, 3. We don't get a new synthetic. Um, but then in number 4, we get Winona Ryder, whose name is Call. And then in Prometheus, which is before all of these movies, we get David. What do you notice about the pattern on their names, Corey? Hold on. Who was the first one again? Ash? Ash. A, B, C, D. Yeah. Now, okay. if they were in chronological order... We would assume that then that's the order in which the synthetics were made, right? A, B, C, D, and thus that their their names, you know, sim- simple numbering system, right? Mm-hmm. Except they're not. They are to us. That is the order in which they appeared um, in terms of movies. So A, B, C, D is in which they showed up on screen. But D came first. D uh, is apparently first now. That is also going to be even more interesting when you see Covenant, but I'll leave it at that for now. Um, I also I also wanted to take a moment because I did not realize that this was the same director as Delicatessen, mm-hmm. and I was totally recognizing Dominique Pinion. I think that's uh, how you say his name. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and um, I loved him in Delicatessen, and I did recognize him, but somehow during the opening credits, I totally missed the director yeah i'm also i'm pretty sure dominique pinion is also an amelie um yeah he is yep. i haven't seen it yet but yeah so they got to be friends um he is uh he's a creepy guy who um he stalks a waitress at the the restaurant amelie works at. he just goes in every day and like stares at her um yeah 
weird. He is weird. Um, it's not as weird as it sounds, to be honest. It, it's, but it is a weird characteristic. Um, okay. So this movie, Alien Resurrection, goes uh, real crazy. One, if you saw Alien 3, and this is, again, what we have to spoil Alien 3 because it's part of the plot of Alien Resurrection, Ripley dies at the end of, of Alien 3. Um, now, there are two endings, and this, Corey, this will tell me which uh, version you watched. How does uh, Alien 3 end? Oh, my gosh. Now I'm forgetting. Doesn't... Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. No, no. I want to say that it came through her chest, but I feel like that's wrong. It's not. Um, it, it, in fact, that should be the theatrical version. It pops out of her chest. She holds it like a baby, and then they fall into the lava. I think... I, yep. Now, my understanding, and I've not seen the director's cut, but my understanding is in the director's cut, it doesn't burst out of her chest. Um, and to be, to be honest, for Alien 4 to make sense to me... Um, that that would be more likely the canon ending is that she it doesn't burst out of her because what what we get in Alien Resurrection is that they've cloned Ripley eight times um, and the eighth one is the best one and when they clone her there is an alien inside of her and they surgically removed it from her but because of the cloning process and having this hybrid DNA um, Ripley is not just Ripley. She is like alien meets Ripley. And I, uh, I, okay, so I feel like we should also acknowledge this that Ripley is a badass. Like in one, two, and yeah. three, she's a badass. And I'm just like, and I wasn't even thinking about it. When did Alien come out? Was it 79? It's, uh, I think older. I think it's 76. Um, I'm pulling, really? Uh, Shoot. I'm pulling it up now, but I am, I feel like I'm like, right. I think it predates Star Wars. Um, I am wrong. I am very wrong. It's two years after Star Wars. It is 79. Um, okay. But... Um, and I mean, we do we did have Leia then too, but mm -hmm. I was just not realizing how old... And I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that even now, I feel like we don't get a lot of strong female characters. Oh, no. Still, yeah, 100%. So, like, she's a total badass. And then in this one, I think that... I don't know how to explain it. Like she, and obviously she is a clone, and they've genetically, mo you know, modified her body and all of these things. But I didn't like her character. It's after you know. Yeah, after how great she is built in the first movie, and in the second movie, she goes through so much because she's got basically PTSD um, from her encounter with the alien in the first film, and they convince her to go with this uh, Marine Corps to go and. Uh, help people. people yeah and she she feels a sense of obligation so she goes um and then while she's with all these awesome marines she ends up being even more of a badass than the marines are and um stepping up again and it's that's one of the things that makes the franchise so great and then alien 3 i don't remember well enough but she's in a prison if i'm not mistaken right that's like the opening mm -hmm. of the film and she's still a badass even though she's in prison um and i don't remember much of that movie honestly but um, I remember still liking her, and I think that was one of the things that made me enjoy the film, even though it's not perfect. And because then... she usually is the only female, like, or one of the very few female characters, and they never, I don't even really know how to explain this either, but they could, I don't know, They she's still so strong. It's never like, oh, she's a woman, and, you know, I don't know. Yeah, um, and then you have Resurrection. And uh, you get Winona Ryder as the android and or the synthetic, sorry. 
And then um, you also get Ron Perlman, who I generally like Ron Perlman. I kind of hate him in this movie. I wanted to stab him. Yeah, like, I mean, and we're, you're not supposed to like the character, but the character feels so over the top, and it feels like he's really playing it up. Like, he's just hamming it. Like, his dialogue, I forget what he says to Ripley, and he says some things to Call, and it's just so... Which, I mean, it's skeezy, and it's supposed to be, but it doesn't even seem plausible. Well, here's, like, th- that's, that's what makes the writer so much more shocking to me. Joss Whedon is notorious for writing great female leads. Look at Buffy and then look at uh, River Tam in Serenity or in Firefly. You know, he writes solid female characters and yet his take on Ripley feels wrong. And then his take on Call, Call is supposed to be kind of a badass too. She's the first synthetic in this franchise at this point who, I mean, Bishop, you're right. Bishop does not betray them. Even though we're we're supposed to think he's going to because of Ash, um, and Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley does not trust him in Aliens because of her experience with Ash, um, and Ash did try to kill Ripley in Aliens, so yeah, um, she's definitely got her reasons. And uh, but calls call is a different synthetic. It's um, she's like a, almost a vigilante at, at that point um, because we're we're meant to uh, infer that Way- Wayland's gone, that that company is no longer in existence. Um, and so she's like a rogue uh, synthetic that got out somehow. And she's fighting um, these other military corporations who apparently have taken um, the xenomorphs for themselves, trying to turn them into weapons, um, which is what, you know, uh, Wayland. Am I saying the company right? It's Wayland, right? Yeah. Um, that they were trying to do anyways, but the military is apparently better at it, or so they think. Um, and it's 200 years, we should mention that if I didn't already, from the end of Alien 3. And so, you know, Ripley has, she's not supposed to have any memories because she's a clone, but because of the alien DNA, there's some kind of residual memories. They try real hard to explain the sci-fi behind it. it I don't think it necessarily makes any sense, but they, they want to uh, justify this character, and man, she is an atrocity. Um And I was thinking that, you know, if Sigourney Weaver had problems with coming back to this franchise, I wouldn't blame her after that one. Well, Corey, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. Um, I, I sent a message, uh, to Mike last night before I went and saw Covenant, um, because I was, I know you don't like spoilers and this isn't a spoiler. I wouldn't tell you. So that's why I'm saying it. Um, but I was on Fandango last night looking to see movie times because I really wanted to see Covenant, but it was, like I said, it was 30 minutes away, and I was like, there's no way I can go to the 10 o'clock show. It'll kill me. I won't be able to get up in the morning, but I did it anyways. But while I'm looking, they have Alien Covenant, and underneath the title of the movies, they always have the actors' names, right? And so it says Alien Covenant underneath Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver. And I'm like, okay, screen grab. Send it to Mike. I'm like, okay, so either this is a huge spoiler or this is a really big glitch on Fandango. Because it either means that these actors are in this movie and there is nothing on IMDb about them. So that means it's a secret and this website has now ruined it. Or it's screwed up and it's pulling the IMDb info for Alien and not Alien Covenant, which is what happened. It is definitely not, they are not in Covenant. So it's not a spoiler. Um, But I don't know if anyone else saw that, but I was really shocked by it. Because I'm like... Okay, this could be a, the biggest spoiler ever if Tom Skerritt and um, Sigourney Weaver are in uh, Covenant and it's listed as like the top-billed actors because they are not listed on IMDb. I mean, um, 
but weird. Yeah. I even pulled up Fandango to try to see it. Was it on the app? Yeah, it was on the app. It was, and I, I can, I'll send you the screen grab now because, um, it's, it's not a spoiler. Cause I, I, I knew Mike wouldn't care cause I knew Mike would have already read spoilers anyways. Cause that's Mike's thing. And I don't know so, how he does that. Um, well it, it backfired on him today. He was watching La La Land and he's like, I really wish I hadn't read spoilers on this. This movie's not as good now. <laughs> Oh like, no! I'm like, yeah. I feel like that every time I hear a spoiler. So if you're my friend and you spoil something for me, I'll probably cut you. Where is this? Thing? Yeah. Um. But I was very surprised uh, to see that. And again, it might be fixed already because again, it's definitely a glitch. But um, I just sent it to you. So um, okay. And I'll even I'll post that with this um episode just so other people can see that I'm not crazy. It really did. Oh happen. nuts! Um. So. Yeah, I was I was excited though because I was like, oh my god, are they going to show the Nostromo? And I was thinking because if you if you saw Rogue One, you saw uh, computer generated Grand Moff Tarkin and uh, younger Princess Leia. If you've seen the trailer for Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man Tell No Tales, there is going to be a young Jack Sparrow that is CG um, in Iron Man Three. No, I'm sorry, in Captain America: Civil War, there is a sequence where we have young Tony Stark where they computer generated down Robert Downey Jr. to make him look young. In Ant Man, they did that with Martin Sheen. And it's it's a new thing where we're we're de aging actors to make them play younger versions of themselves. So when I saw their names, I was like, oh my god, are we gonna have Nostromo? Um, and are we gonna see how they these movies all connect? Other than the alien, are we gonna actually see how uh, the events of Covenant play into that? And so I thought there might be like a post credit scene with them, or maybe like just a random like cut to at the end, um, like they do with uh, another movie that I won't I don't want to ruin in case you haven't seen it. But there's a movie that came out that Corey and I are both big fans of that alluded to another film that we didn't know was a sequel that it was a sequel to it until the very end of the film and I thought that would have been a really cool thing but they're not so it's not a spoiler it's just a glitch way to but, be ruiners Fandango I brought, way to go. I brought it up though um, because something you just said and I, I honestly do not remember anymore but you said something that triggered that whole line of dialogue <laughs> oh but I um know. I want to talk about one of the most ridiculous scenes in Resurrection, though, and that is oh, the gosh. basketball scene. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't even play basketball, and I feel like I could have gotten that from her. I just couldn't believe that was in the movie. I'm like, what, because she has alien play. DNA? She's playing basketball? Like, what? You know, like, I get there's not a whole lot to do. Like, I understand that, but it just felt like such a, this forced oh. sequence. And that's, I mentioned the contrite scene in Prometheus that drove me crazy, and that sequence feels so contrite like okay we need to show how how awesome she is so let's have her slam dunk a basketball and then and, we'll get hit in oh, the face ahead. with a uh, a dumbbell and she won't she'll just barely bleed and won't care um okay ron perlman is very tall correct i believe so i get a feeling that he is i honestly haven't seen him in a lot and i really don't know but they made ripley very tall mm, like mm -hmm. very tall and i understand she's modified whatever um, and also another thing is I feel like the ships just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like they're walking through these like halls and the ship in this movie. And I'm just like, why do you even have this hall? What do you do here? I mean, to be fair, like, 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 yeah. I guess that one's more of a, a space station. Um, and I don't know. They are these. I mean, also, to be fair, Covenant uh, is going to blow your mind then. Um, but, you know, it is... Uh, I actually, I think as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go watch Covenant for a second time um, with Matt. Oh my God, uh, I'm so sad that I, uh, <laughs> Matt, I'm going to see it soon. Matt from the Rough Cut, I'm sorry, Odie, Odie Matthews from the Rough Cut um, messaged me about going to see it. And 
Uh, I didn't use my movie pass last night, so I still have a free viewing of it, so I might check it out for a second time. Um, but uh, the basketball sequence I just thought was so over-the-top and ridiculous, and um, I, I have a bunch of notes. I, is there any specific areas you want to talk about with this movie? Um, I I kind of liked the scene where she goes in when they're trying to evacuate. I think they were trying to evacuate at that point, um, and she finds the clones of her. Yeah. And I liked her reaction to that whole scene um, because I felt like this whole time she hasn't been very, um, it's very hard to be empathetic with her because I felt like they made her so off the wall. Yeah, she was definitely not a human, um, you know. Um, yeah. Did you like, uh, you liked her burning all of her clones? I felt like. I'm gonna sound like a psycho, but I feel like that was a reasonable response. You know, See, I was she was I, mad. I was siding with Ron Perlman on that moment when he's like, "What a waste She's of ammo. ammo!" I was like, "Yeah, dude, for real." Well, more so because the one we get like the classic kind of sci-fi moment where the one clone is still sentient and looks at her and says, "Kill me." Mm-hmm. The cruelest way to do that is to burn them alive. Like, holy I know. crap! And I think about the weirdest things. <laughs> sorry guys i'm weirdy it's like but a- i always wonder what would be worse i'm so afraid of drowning i'm so afraid of drowning but i love to be in the water but i'm so afraid of drowning and i sometimes think that i would rather be burned alive than drown but do i know that being burned alive would take longer you know i don't know it was horrific she could just shot her. yeah she could have shot her or there was like a big stabby thing hanging above her yeah. like stab her in the head and like the thing wants to be killed because it's suffering already and you're just like oh I'll, I'll fry you up nice and crisp like that is mean <laughs> and to be fair there's even a chance she wasn't dead yet you know what I mean like she could still just be burning um, word that is it was the cruelest way to put something out of its misery possible and that moment um, well I, I, I appreciated her emoting and having like a human moment where she was disgusted by what they had done um, because there to are her, essentially creepy creepy clones because they're again her dna spliced so some of the clones are more alien than they are human some are more human than they are alien some are like basically fetuses um it is it is disturbing but um more so uh another ridiculously crazy scene comes later um it's during the evacuation sequence when the aliens get loose which i i did like how the aliens were able to get loose because they were uh held in this like cell that they would um spray like a like a steam to i guess it hurt them somehow um which side note the xenomorphs look real slimy in this movie like slimier than i remember and also i felt like there were two different types of aliens like one looked like it was completely coated in oil like yeah car oil motor oil and then um there are different aliens based on what they come out of uh in the other (laughs) movies especially i think it's um in you really see an AVP Requiem um, because one, they splice a predator with an alien in that movie. Spoiler, um, and so you get this like hybrid, awesome freaking creature that has like the best of alien and best of predator mixed together. Um, and uh, so yes, it's definitely possible. I don't understand exactly why in this movie. Um, I kind of felt like the one that came out of her. Was that supposed to be the queen that they had, or was that one of the regular xenomorphs? I don't know. I couldn't tell. But you know there's a scene where, like, the two aliens bully the third alien and they kill it? 
um, which is how they get out of the cell. They they kill a third ver- the, a third alien. I'm pretty sure it was a third. Um, <laughs> at first, I thought that was the alien that came out of her, and that, that's why they targeted it. Um, oh. But then when I realized, I think they just saw it as a means of escape because their blood would eat through the thing and they could get out. Um, like It was just like, you're the weakest one in this room, so we're going to take you out. No offense. We don't want to kill you, but we need to get the crap out of here, and you are our exit. Um, but that was a really cool sequence. I actually liked that because it does show the aliens are like the ultimate killing machine, and that's why they're so horrifying because they're not only are they very great offensively, but their blood being acid is a huge defense yeah. um, because you can't do much to them because if you kill them, if you hit them and their blood gets you, uh, you're, you're done. So, um, I like that sequence. Of course, the doctor that was like there, he was like kissing on the glass at one point. It was really creepy. Um, real, real creepy. And then he, he's later the one who's like talking through the, uh, the, the, two more batshit crazy scenes that I have to talk about. And I apologize for my language, but that's the only way I can describe this movie in any kind of accuracy. And so I had to say it at least once. Um, let's talk about the two scenes. So the escape scene. So the aliens are loose and everyone's trying to escape and they're all jumping into these like shuttle pod things. And um, the Dan, Dan, whatever that hyena guy's name is, I forgot his name, General Perez in the movie. Um, he's there. He's running to the shuttle and he sees an alien go into it. You know what I'm talking about? It like goes into this like it's like these big tubes full of like I think five or six guys and an alien dives into it. Yeah, and then and he he throws a grenade, a grenade. in the <laughs> most ridiculous way imaginable. Like the it way it lands ball. in, and then the door closes. Like I mean, it was per- yeah, it was like they might as well have shown like his ski ball trophies no in his office. Ski ball, because I really love that game. Yeah, but I but mean, come on, he legit should have had like trophies and maybe like pictures of him holding like thousands of tickets to set up his freaking roll on this grenade because yeah. <laughs> no one could make this grenade toss so perfect, especially the way he does like underhand and everything. Like yeah. it's straight up like he. I'm surprised the we didn't have master. some type of backstory of him being like from Coney Island. <laughs> like I was the grand champion ski ball for 30 Just years before bad. I got recruited into the military because it's so silly. And um, all right. So that's one moment that I just have to go into. I have a feeling I know what one you're going to talk about. And I'm going to agree that it's ridiculous, but also equally terrifying. This is the underwater, I guess. Yes. Okay. I, I wrote down alien meets Jaws. Um, because I don't, okay. it's so weird. Um, I mean, first, it makes sense. first of all, first of all, correct me if I'm wrong. They're like, oh, it's like 90 feet, right? That that's how far they're going to have to go. A, I would have drowned because yep. there's no way that was only 90 feet. Yep. And what the heck, man? Like they, they all should have drowned. <laughs> like they're underwater. They, there there was no so way. Long. There was no way. That whole sequence was forever. And I don't even know if people that trained to hold their breath can you know what i mean there's no way i was just like waiting i'm not sure but being in space i feel like would make it even harder to hold your breath but i don't know because i guess artificial oxygen and whatnot in the in the space and if it is a space station yeah but they're Um, they're underwater forever the aliens swim very well which makes sense i guess but um they apparently can hold their breath for an indefinite amount of time um yeah just it's a really silly sequence um it's also kind of cool but, but it's scary too. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, because it's got the They're jaws fast. vibe, right? Like, yeah, it's like big sharks coming at you. Um, yeah. Scarier than sharks, I think. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they have talents. It, um, they're they're beyond just hungry. Like we don't we don't really get the motivation for their killing ever because they don't usually eat. There is a, a breeding aspect to them. Um, like they they generally are trying to reproduce, but like even then, like well, reproduce just to reproduce. Are you trying to take over the world? Like, is there an agenda here? Is yeah, it- it's hard to tell if they're aware, and you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. I do it- have some theories, but I will not. Divert, uh, divulge those at the moment um, because okay. it might give away other things from other movies at the moment so okay. um, but let's go from the water they, they're they climbing the ladder and the one guy whose name I do not remember but he's got the two cool guns that slide out from his arms um, he's, he's climbing the ladder with Reese on his back and the alien jumps out of the water and oh, the, we, I didn't even talk about the whole trap thing like the alien set the freaking trap with the face huggers around oh, the they're- that yeah. was horrible. And yeah. again, they should have drowned. Yeah, big time. And even more so, like, so they're setting, like, facehugger traps now. Is that, I guess that makes sense. But And covering the it, possible escape. Yeah. Um, but so they're climbing up the ladder. Reese is hanging. And then an alien jumps up and is hanging on to Reese. And um, it's uh, at some point they switch. And Reese is holding on to the ladder. And the other guy, because he got burned by acid, um, is hanging. And the alien's hanging onto his foot. And Ron Perlman, who's above them on the ladder, like, drops backwards and is hanging by his legs and is shooting really randomly. Like, we're, I'm surprised he didn't kill every everybody else in the room because he's just letting them fly. Um, does kill the alien. Somehow no acid splatters from that one. But while the alien is dead, it's hanging from the guy. His foot. Yeah, from right? his foot. Yeah, it's holding onto his foot. And this guy, apparently, that means it's over. <laughs> yeah. After they've come all this way. Like, this guy's done. You know? He's like, I'm done. I'm like, why? I felt like he felt like he was a burden on Reese. But he could have grabbed the ladder. Like, there's even more so. Even more so. I just work here. <laughs> so, one, he doesn't try to shake the alien off of his foot. No. Okay. So, all I right. I felt like it. Yeah. But then he cuts himself loose, but he falls into the water. Why is he dead? Like, did the water kill him? Like, I don't think it was that far of a fall where the impact would have killed him. Plus, the alien would have broken that fall a little bit. So, he could have survived the fall, even, and then climbed back up the ladder, been okay. But no, he's dead now. I don't know why, if if his injuries killed him, maybe, and that's what I'm supposed to take, like the acid was melting through his head. Um, that's not what's seen. So, it just it felt like the most ridiculous. My friend that I went and saw Covenant with last night, we were talking about that moment, and we were both dying about how bad that moment was in Resurrection, like that this guy just gives up. It's like, ah, oh, it's over, man. It's like, it's, it's really not. You can turn around, grab the ladder, and switch back. Like, you're okay. Like, you can shake the alien free. Um, I mean, I don't understand what the problem is, guy. But, yeah, he gave up, and um, I agree. They definitely want you to think he's a burden, but I don't think he was. I think it was, like... It's almost one of those things where um, have you ever seen Ricky the uh, Talladega Nights Ballad of Ricky Bobby with Will Ferrell? No. There's a part after he has the, his big accident. That's in the movie. He's a race car driver. He has a big accident. Um, he thinks he's paralyzed, but he's not paralyzed. But he's convinced that he's paralyzed because it was such a bad accident. Um, and so to prove to his friends that he's paralyzed, he stabs himself in the leg with a steak knife. <laughs> Oh, gross. But he's not paralyzed, so he immediately feels it and starts freaking out, and it's oh, hilarious. No. And that's what I felt like was happening in this movie, <laughs> which Ricky Bobby is meant to be an over-the-top silly comedy. Resurrection is a horror sci-fi action movie. So, And I felt like they lost so much of that in this movie. Big time. I didn't 
like I know it's like technically a sci-fi, but it lost all of the seriousness of the first three. Yeah, big it time. wasn't scary anymore. It... Ripley has green fingernails at some point because she's yeah, got... and I'm like, what the heck is that? And that wasn't the whole movie, right? That just showed up at some point. She just had green fingernails all of a sudden. Um, no, I felt like it was pretty much was it okay? Maybe fingernails I just didn't gross me it. out. Oh, all right, that could be what it is. And they like they were they there's one point where she's like kind of early in the movie, I think, and she like kind of pulls her hands like up towards her face, and I notice them right away because uh, they're also like kind of pointy. Yeah, yeah, they're they're talons, they're alien talons. I'm like, um, what? Well, and she has every once in a while she has like alien mannerisms where she goes very feral. She kind of reminded me of when she was the dog in Ghostbusters for a few moments. Um, and you know, cause she's like sniffing the air and she's on all fours. I'm just like, wow. Okay. Um, but okay. So the last thing I want to talk about, and then I'm, I'm done with this movie. If you are, uh, is the horrific human birth that the queen has. Cause I'm sorry. The queen clearly came out of her. That's the catch. That's why she's giving a human birth. Um, I forgot about that when I said that earlier, but, uh, we, we meet the queen who apparently rescues Ripley for a minute there. And she, unlike her traditional way of giving birth, which was laying eggs and the eggs hatching, um, she is now giving birth to a live creature. And the creature she gives birth to is a hybrid human-alien. Much more human than alien um, in terms of appearance. It's still got the big head, but it has a human face, essentially. Um, A monstrous, horrific-looking human face. It stands upright more, and it looks more humanoid than it does uh, beasts like the aliens do. And holy crap, one of the creepiest things I think I've ever seen. And disgusting. Disgusting. so disgusting and so weird. It's such a weird thought. Like, hey, what if we made one of these things look like us? Like, no, let's not. (sighs) Like, that's I don't want that at all. Like, that's so creepy. And... Like and it has like the mama thing. Kathy cried when it died. What? She because you know like it looks at at Ripley and Ripley has like the mama face. You know like oh no my baby, and then it like sucks out through the window where like it becomes a vet. Which by the way I don't think that's how space works. Just saying, <laughs> like that I... it sucked him dry like a freaking vacuum cleaner. Um, that doesn't make sense either. By the way, like a straw I guess is what I mean to say. And yeah. all this inside. Um. But Kathy was so upset that it died. Okay, I feel like we need to put some information out there. She's like my best friend and I love her, but she always loves the bad guys. She does like bad guys. And And she likes creepy things. Well, she likes animals and it had an animalistic quality and she likes babies. And so it had like this baby animalistic type (laughs) crypt keeper type face, actually, now that you mention it, because it had very much like a human skull look to it. Yeah, the eyes, but then they were like way set back. Very sunken, yeah, very, very sunken weird. into the skull. Um, and it had a dog type grill because it was still half alien, so it wasn't like a full human head, but it was much more humanoid than the aliens are traditionally. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it, it had it managed to gain enough sympathy from her because it was kind of like a big baby. It kind of reminded me of the animals in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze, um, because they have like that baby element when Shredder makes the two monstrous, uh, creatures the the pit it's not a pit bull it's supposed to be a pit bull they not a pit bull um warthog they screwed up and it's a wolf and a snapping turtle um the snapping oh. turtle it kind of reminded me of the snapping turtle a little bit like scarier like with human skin if the snapping turtle had human skin that's what it reminded me of 
uh, especially its mannerisms, because it has like where I can kill you, but I'm a baby, love me, I will kill you, I'm a baby, love me, and I'm just like, okay, monster, you're freaking me out. I don't like this at all. Um, I also hated the whole sequence after we find out Call is uh, a synthetic, and she plugs in and is like be- takes over the ship. And the ship, yeah, it's just so, it's Easy. so Winona Ryder and so campy, yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. She does a lot of campy movies, right? Like I love Beetlejuice. I love her. Beetlejuice is campy. I love her. Heather's. It's because great she's movie. a weirdie. It is. Heather's is campy too, right? Like Heather's is great, but it's very campy. You know, there's some really cheesy dialogue in it, and like the whole fight scene with her and um, uh, Christian Slater at the end of the movie is really ridiculous. And this movie totally has that tone. So clearly, why she was cast because the tone of the film changed dramatically from the other Alien films. It doesn't feel like it belongs at all, like in the in the universe. Not at all. All right, I'm ready I, to rate uh, this after you talk. I'm sorry, I totally cut No, you you're totally fine. I just, and even with her being one of my favorite actresses, I wish that I hadn't seen this film. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I, I, I'm giving it the not a total waste of time um, solely because there is some, there are some cool moments and it's still an alien movie. Um, mm. I could almost say avoid like the plague. And if I'm right on any of my continuity, like retcon that I think is happening in the alien universe... This movie may not be an essential viewing, and so I would say avoid it altogether. I don't understand why it's so high on the critic score, um, like on Metacritic. Because you said that it's higher than Alien 3. It is. Uh, Alien 3 is, I think, because of theatrical, I think it's very much hated. Um, And the tone is, I think the tone, from what I remember, is even darker than the others, because Fincher is kind of notorious for having this dark, kind of cynical tone of things. Um, like Gone Girl, Fight Club, um, Seven, you know, game the game, uh, even Social Network is a kind of a cynical, uh, definitely a cynical tone, if nothing else. Um, oh yeah. So maybe that was why it doesn't sit well with people. A lot of people do not like cynicism um, in their movies, and so maybe that's all it was. But um, I really didn't enjoy Resurrection, and I am a Joss Whedon fan. Like I love Cabin in the Woods, like all day. Um, and I feel like I need to rewatch that movie because I watched it and you and Brendan and everybody else loves that movie. And I freaking hated it. Yeah. I hated it so bad. Well, see, like that movie, is, it's got some camp and it's got some cheese in it, but it's it's done in a way that felt like it was making fun of the, the properties of like horror movies and what horror movies are, what people expect a horror movie to be. And I enjoyed that in this movie in Resurrection it felt out of place. Like it was making fun of itself and that I didn't enjoy. Cause I do like the alien movies. Like I love the Xenomorph. I think it's a, one of the coolest monsters created um, in film. It's, and I've seen it be great. It's great in alien. It's great in aliens. Um, that said, the franchise is failing uh, for the most part. Although I do, I will say on the bright side, if you haven't read my review yet of covenant, I did give it the not quite golden pony boy rating. So I like Covenant a lot more than I like Prometheus, and um, it's still not as good as as Alien or Aliens, and it still feels like a uh, it's trying really hard to recapture what Alien did. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think the writing is is a weak spot um, in both Prometheus and in this film. Although it is a, it's different writers for um, Covenant, um, there are some really strong performances. Michael Fassbender is amazing, and um, that's all I'll say about. Uh, covenant for now but i do recommend that you check that one out avoid resurrection if you're trying to make your way through uh the movies before you go and see the see covenant um i think you're safe avoiding resurrection i don't think it'll help you enjoy the film anymore 
Um, but Corey, I gave my rating. What are you giving it? I think I know. Avoid like the plague. That's what I expected. Um, Corey's more willing to throw that one out there than I am. I tend to avoid giving that. I think I've only given it like two or three times. That might be true. But... I feel like you're... You're acting like I'm a total hater. Well, I'm thinking uh, if we do it by ratio. I've I've reviewed on BurkeReviews.com well over <laughs> well over 400 movies, and I've and maybe like given it like three or four. Um, so I think, but you've also gone and seen movies that are everyone is hating that I've avoided. Like I I tend to avoid movies that I don't think I'm going to like. Thus, the odds of me giving that rating are low because I'm 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 being very selective with what I'm watching, which I need to stop doing. And I think this summer you'll see that I'm I'm going to more like I went and saw Snatch even though I thought I was going to absolutely hate it. Um, I ended up not hating it, but like I'll probably see Rough Night and I'll probably see Girls Trip, Girl Trip or whatever it's called. Even though I don't think I'm gonna like either one of those movies. I just don't know what ScarJo's doing. And I, don't I know either. she hates that name. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> if for that movie she deserves it. But yeah. um, Alien Resurrection, we are we're neither of us are fans. Um, I am sorry, Joss Whedon, because I do like your stuff and I don't know. And John Yeah, and I like Amelie, <laughs> and Corey likes Delicatessen. We need to both watch the other. Maybe we should do that in a few weeks. Watch. Let's uh, do it. We'll watch Delicatessen, then we'll watch Amelie, because I actually do really want to watch Amelie again. Um, but that's not what we're watching next week. Next week, we're going um, off book, so to speak, as this is a movie that most people have not heard of, and I'm trying to help it out. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good, and that is a concern. Uh, this person, uh, the director, reached out to me on Twitter and um, I thought, why not do it for our podcast? And I'm going to get the name of the movie in a second. It's Distortion, a social media story, I believe. I can't spell Distortion, a social media story. There it is. Um, distortion, a social media story, is available on Amazon. Uh, you can rent it for under uh, three bucks, uh, HD or SD. Um, distortion, a social media story, directed by Javier trying to get it. Javier Espinoza um and um we're gonna check this movie out now I hope it's great I don't know uh the Amazon reviews are positive but it has no critic reviews yet on IMDb so we're going super off off book like I said this is not a movie that is has critical acclaim this is not a movie that's on my uh long-term to-do list but I like to help uh independent filmmakers when I get the opportunity and since they reached out to me I've been meaning to watch it, and I thought, why why not do it for the movie club? Um, and hopefully we enjoy it. And if we do, I hope that the director, Javier uh, Espinoza, will help us out and spread the word about our podcast. And if we don't like it, I'm sorry, Javier. I don't mean to bash it. Um, That's not what we go in to any of our reviews or any of our movie-watching yeah. you know, experiences, because we do try to treat our time as precious, you know? So I feel like yeah. that's... And uh, I do. Um, I tend to like movies that are. It's about a high school high school kids, and I assume there's going to be some bullying through social media. I don't know for a fact, but I do teach high school, um, and that is something I go into movies like this. I tend to like these. Uh, if you've listened to again top five movies, we did Rites of Passage not too long ago. Those are uh, kind of a guilty pleasure thing for me. Like everything, everything came out this weekend, and I'm probably going to see it, even though most people think it looks awful. I'm kind of excited about seeing it. Um, it's just in my wheelhouse for some reason. Um, and so I'm hoping that Distortion of Social Media Story will be in my wheelhouse as well. But we're also not going to just give it a good review because this is a, a small film. Um, we'll be honest. And we hope that we like it because we want to like every movie. But sometimes, like Alien Resurrection, it just doesn't work for us. So 
if you would uh, help us out, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this movie. This uh, this film is very small and could use the help. Um, if you have if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you get to watch it for free. And if you're not, you can rent the movie for again under three bucks and help this filmmaker out. Even if you don't like it, um, we want to encourage people who are have a story to tell to go out there and make it, and to at least that they're going to recoup their expenses, if nothing else. Um, and obviously, it's got a, a cast, and those people are trying to make it in the acting world. And you know, I'm hoping this isn't a Tommy Wiseau thing, but based on the the user rating, it can't be that bad. Um, it it should be at least tolerable, if nothing else. So we shouldn't be walking into any kind of a, the room or anything like that. Um, but we don't know what to expect. I haven't even seen a trailer for this film, so I have no clue uh, what we're doing with this, but we're going to try it. Um, this will be the most indie film that we've watched on this podcast, but we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Uh, Corey, you got anything else before we sign off? Nope. I hope you guys have a good week. And until next time, people, uh, watch some movies, enrich your lives, and we'll be back with another episode where we watch Distortion, a social media um, story. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. Burkerviews.com